This is More Than Conquerors with your Bible teacher, Pastor Ray Hegestilianos. As a teaching pastor for almost 30 years, Pastor Ray's heart and vision is simply to build up God's army, enabling them to stand strong in their faith. As the senior pastor at Living Word Christian Church in White Plains, New York, Pastor Ray will challenge you today to begin your walk in integrity and victory, forever changing your life as transformed by the power of God. More Than Conquerors is supported by the generous gifts of listeners like you. You can find us online by going to livingwordchurch.org. This six-part Bible study being taught by Pastor Ray entitled, Your Battle Over Discouragement, Doubt and Compromise, is one of the most profound and biblically precise messages you will ever hear on these stumbling blocks that most Christians battle with daily. We see that as life's pressures grow, so likewise does discouragement, acting as a crowbar that opens the door to doubt. Now in doubt, and no longer trusting that God is the solution to our problem, most will take the path of least resistance, the devil's preferred landing place called compromise. Listen carefully to the 16 simple Bible-based steps pastor suggests every believer should consider in battling these powerful forces. Now, here's pastor on More Than Conquerors Radio with today's solution to changing your life. I'm tired of the enemy beating up on God's people. I'm tired of the enemy stealing and robbing the promises right from under the believer's nose. And many, many times it's because we didn't deal with discouragement the minute that it came our way. And we got weary along the way. We got tired along the way. And what happened was we got over to doubt and then doubt took us to the place of compromise because here's, here's, here's my definition of the word compromise. The path of least resistance. The path of least resistance. It's easier for me to go this way than to go that way. It's easier to do this than it is to do that, you see. So the enemy, I believe, works in this area to try to stop God's people. Now, let, let, me, let me go back and, and say this. I want to do a little bit of review for those of you that were not here or have forgotten. Remember, faith comes by hearing, 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 not by having heard, but by hearing. So, so basically it goes like this. If, if you're a person who's not in pursuit of anything, then don't worry about it. Discouragement will never come your way. Only people who are in pursuit of a dream, a vision, a purpose, a destination have somewhere that they want to get to or something that they want to uh, experience from God's word, only only those are the ones who are going to find themselves getting discouraged. It's like my pastor, my original pastor many years ago had a little saying, he said, blessed are those who believe for nothing, they will never be disappointed. (laughs) So if you're never in pursuit, if you've never believe God for anything, if you've never want to be in a better place or have a better life or see anything change in your life, then you'll never come up again to disappointment. But I speak to those of you who are like me, we are in pursuit of something. We're in pursuit of a better life. We're in pursuit of the Word of God actively working in our life. We're in pursuit of a, of, a, of a stronger faith walk. We're in pursuit of the promises of God. We're in pursuit of God Himself. We're passionate about that. How many people do I have here today that are in that condition? We're passionate. You see, listen, you got to have a heart like this. I don't only want the word to work for me. I want it to work for me so that it'll be an encouragement to others around me 
to prove who God is, to show the world that God is still alive and actively blessing, actively doing and working on behalf of his people. Otherwise, it'd be very, very selfish. So, so there are some reasons, and we, we got into some of it last week, and I wanted to go back there today. So what are some of the reasons for, for discouragement in our life? Well, the very first thing we talked about is that often what can be bring on discouragement is that the journey that we're on can be a difficult journey. I look over my, my life and I see from where I started with 12 people in a little stinky old room. You've heard me tell the story back in Porchester days and all I had was a vision. All I had was a desire. I wanted to help people. I was tired of seeing, you know, my life being ruined and wrecked and robbed and I got hold of the word of God and, and it began to change my life and I just wanted to share that with somebody else and help somebody else and bless somebody else and help them to uh, get along with God. So, but I started this journey over 27 years ago, you know, building this church. And let me tell you what, that journey has not been an easy road. Who told you? I want to know, who told you that the journey in pursuit of the things of God, the promises of God, that the faith walk was going to be a cakewalk? Who told you that? I didn't tell you that. Because... My experience has been it has not been a cakewalk. It's been an adventurous walk. It's been an unbelievably exhilarating walk because I found that when I've walked through some of the most difficult times, if I just stayed ready, ready, listen to me, if I just stayed committed to the journey, committed to the journey that ultimately I found myself on the other side of the difficult place more blessed than the way I went in. You see, see, sometimes what it is that people don't want, you see, we don't want to walk the, the difficult walk. We want everything, you know, we want everything to be easy because we live in this easy society. We don't want things to be difficult. It's sort of like, you know, I just got a, recently got a new iPhone. Um, the old iPhone was perfectly fine. It was about a half a second slower than the new iPhone. But of course, I have to have that extra half a second because this is a society that we live in. Right? But if we're not careful, we're going to transpose that kind of thinking into the kingdom of God. And I found out something long ago that God has a time and a season for everything in our lives. And my part is to just trust him in faith, believing the word of God until that time and season is right. And until... You see, because what you don't realize is that you're on a journey, you're pursuing something, discouragement's going to come. That's just natural. But how many of us are going to keep pushing through beyond the discouragement, trusting God, holding fast our position, standing our ground, convinced and convincing everyone around us that we're convinced that it's going to be exactly the way God said it's going to be? Because God is not a man that he should lie. The promises of God are yes and amen. Come on, somebody give me a better amen than that. You, you've got to be committed to the journey. You've got to keep going even when you don't feel like doing it. You see, you see, I found so many years ago that all of the difficult situations that I've had to navigate through helped me to perfect my faith. Taught me how uh, to, to trust God and to believe God. Because you see, you know what happens when you walk through a difficult time in your life? 
and you stay committed to the journey and you refuse to allow your ready discouragement to knock you out. I see too many of God's people that have been knocked out of the race because they got discouraged because things didn't happen immediately or instantly, just like the cell phone, the microwave. That's why we're always upgrading things because it's quicker, it's faster. But if we're not careful, we're going to transpose that over to the kingdom. And how many people I've seen over the years that have quit and given up because they got on the journey with God, they got on the walk of faith, but because things didn't happen like this. Because sometimes it was a little bumpy road. Sometimes it was a little narrow road. Sometimes it was a little crooked road. Sometimes there were some potholes in the road. Sometimes there were just some plain old booby traps in the road set by the devil to try to stop you because they weren't committed to the journey. They quit, gave up, backed up, and compromised. They got discouraged. They got over to doubt. You see, because that's what happens. When you're in discouragement, the devil screws up your thinking. You start thinking stupid. You start thinking negative. You start thinking doubtful. Because you are so discouraged, the next place is, is uh, doubt. And ultimately, he wants to bring you to the place of compromise. Making concessions. Giving in. That's another way to say what a compromise is. It's giving in. No giving in here. Let me tell you what. You will never get anywhere with God and this word if you are one who constantly gives in to the pressure. Amen. It'll never happen. You must be committed to the journey. You must be committed to go the full length of the journey. How many believers I started with, how many believers I've seen over the years that used to come to church and I know they're going nowhere because people have, still have connection with them out there and I, I know that they just got discouraged along the way and stopped the journey. You're never going to get anywhere. Why? Because they got discouraged. Discouragement is the greatest weapon that the enemy has but the end result is not just to keep you discouraged. It's to get you over to doubt. But it's not only to keep you in, you know, in, in doubt where, where, where you don't have faith to believe God for things. He ultimately wants to neutralize you by bringing you to the place of compromise, the path of least resistance, giving in, making a concession. There are no concessions here, no compromises here, no compromises in my life. There ought to be no compromises in your life. What God said is what I'm believing for, what God has already destined for me and for you and us to have should be a reality in our life. But if you don't deal with discouragement, you're going to find yourself coming up shorthanded. Discouragement, uh, compromise is basically this. I could have had this, but I settled for this. I'm not a settler. I don't settle. You're all looking in a different direction. Why are you all looking at somebody else? I'm talking to you. I'm not a settler. I don't settle. I believe God for everything, and you ought to believe God for everything that he has already promised in his word, and you ought to expect it to come to pass in your life. But people get discouraged. I see, you know, let, let, me just, can I, let, me just, let me just share some of the practical side. I see it, um, you know, I see it even in, in, in let, let's just talk about giving for a minute, how people get all gung-ho about giving. You know, we talk about the, I've been talking about the promises of tithing and giving till I'm blue in the face. I've had people cheer me on, rah, 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 hallelujah. They've even come back and given me testimonies about how God gave them a breakthrough. And, uh, and then, you know, we follow these, some of these folks. And of course, there's nobody sitting here today. I'm talking about somebody else. But, but we follow some of these folks and we see all of a sudden how they start dropping off from their giving. Maybe the blessings aren't 
rolling in as quickly as they did a few, a few months ago. They start to get discouraged. Maybe, maybe you went for that job and you didn't get the job that you were looking or praying or believing God for. Did you ever, did you ever think that maybe that wasn't the right job? And that God was trying to protect you from something that maybe you didn't see because you are a tither and you are a giver? But many people have used that as an opportunity to get discouraged, to start to doubt, and then ultimately make a concession and say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to pull back from this. This isn't really working. You see, I'm going to tell you what. One thing that I learned a long time ago, if you're going to see the things of God work in your life, you have to be committed to the journey. Yeah. You have to be committed in the good times as well as the not-so-good times. In the up times as well as the down times. In the easy times as well as the more difficult times. If you're not committed and you give way to discouragement along the way, you will never come up with the fullness of what God has intended and desired and wants for you to have. If you want it and it's worth having, it's worth staying on the journey. No matter how difficult the journey may be, I'm never backing up. I'm never quitting. I will never compromise by making a concession or giving in one iota to the enemy. See, you know why the enemy doesn't want you to finish? Because when you complete your journey, whatever it is that you're going for, and you end up with a testimony, you know, to test, not a test of baloney, because there are a lot of tests of balonies out there. I'm talking about a real, true, faith-driven, inspired, and harvested blessing or testimony. In other words, I believe God, and I use my faith, and the end result is here. It manifested in my life. You see, when you come to that place, you have a testimony. It's proof, living proof, that God did in your life exactly what he said he would do. It's the proof that faith works. It's the proof that the word of God works. And the Bible says, by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony, they shall overcome. Let me tell you what. The devil is kicked in the teeth because the testimony is the proof. People are watching you and they see you walk in this life of faith and you're telling them you're believing for this and you're believing nothing's happening. You know, people outside in the world are not impressed with your faith walk. What they're impressed with is the testimony. It's the testimony that's going to cause us to overcome. It's the proof. The testimony is the proof that God's word works. Testimony is the proof that faith will work if you will work your faith. The testimony is the evidence. There it is. So why, see, isn't it crafty of the devil to try to kill the testimony? Because by trying to kill the testimony, he kills the proof to the world. We know that for us, the proof is faith. We as believers, we understand that, or we ought to, is that faith is all the proof I need. I don't need to see it to believe it. I believe it because God said it. Faith is the evidence. But to the world, they don't understand that stuff. And what are we in this for? Just for ourselves? Or are we in this to win the world? Are we in this to tell somebody else about Jesus? That's why the enemy wants to get us in a place of compromise where we're incomplete where we didn't come to the fullness of that blessing. We started to believe God, but we pooped out because we got discouraged. We began to doubt, and we ultimately made a concession. We ultimately gave in. 
So, so the very first thing is that often people get on this journey. Who told you the journey was going to be easy? We've got to be committed to the way. Another, another thing which kind of, kind of fits together with the, the journey being difficult, sometimes the task is difficult. When God first called me into this ministry, you know, there were times I, I, I didn't think I could do it. You know, you know what I found out, though? God usually gives us things that are bigger and more difficult for us to handle in and by ourselves. Why? Because he wants an opportunity to prove his power. He wants to prove his faithfulness. He wants to prove uh, what he will do in our lives. And he wants you to know that it's just not you. Because sometimes you see what happens. What happens is we want to take all the credit for what God has done and what God is doing. Can I get a better amen than that? Amen. So often the, um, the task is going to seem difficult. Often it's going to be, you know, difficult uh, difficult things that we have to we have to do. I mean, it's as simple as you know, doing the word of God, living the word of God. You know, we offend somebody, or we what, what, you know, we have to be willing to go and forgive them. You know, often people get discouraged because they don't. I'm I'm always the one that's always eating humble pie. I'm always the one that's having to go and ask for forgiveness. How come nobody else ever asks me for forgiveness? I'm the one that always has to do it. Am I speaking to anybody here? You see, well, first of all, we're always supposed to take the humble, humble spot. So sometimes the task, sometimes what God asks you to do can, can be very, very difficult, right? But if you're committed to the task like you're committed to the journey and you refuse to become discouraged and you just keep on doing it, ultimately, you're going to come to the end and you're going to see the fulfillment of your desires. You are going to reach your destination and reach the place that you want to go to. So for a little bit, I wanted to talk about this third thing that we, we didn't get to last time. But another reason why people sometimes get discouraged, and I've got a personal testimony that I want to give, give to you, and we'll look at Psalm 73. The prosperity, the achievements, and the advancements of others sometimes can cause discouragement in your life. This happened to, uh, to David here. In Psalm 73, if you're there, let's read it. We'll, we'll bounce through it here. He said, um, truly, verse 1, truly God is good to Israel, to such as are, are pure in heart. But as for me, listen, as for me, my feet had almost stumbled, my steps had nearly slipped. So he's talking about, he was in a place where he was walking in faith and trusting God and his spiritual life was really, really good. But something happened where he said that my feet had almost stumbled and my steps, in other words, I almost tripped up here, spiritually speaking. Now, now why? He said, because I was envious of the boastful when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. In other words, he was looking around and seeing people that were ungodly. And this doesn't have to be only ungodly people because anytime you get envious, you set yourself up for a fall. And you see, if you get discouraged because you're praying for things that somebody else is getting and you're watching them get blessed, these are things that you've asked God for. Or you may have a need and, and somebody else is getting what you need or you need it in your life. That can bring great discouragement your way. Anybody know what I'm talking about? So David was in this place. He said, my feet had almost stumbled, my steps nearly slipped, for I was envious of the boastful when I saw the prosperity. But first of all, why are you looking at everybody else? Yes. Looking at other people ain't going to help you. 
Being envious of, of others' blessing isn't going to help you. All it's going to do is discourage you, get you over to doubting God, doubting whether this is going to work for you, and ultimately cause you to compromise in your life. Back up from the promises of God. Back up from your walk with God. Back up from your life of faith. Why? Because you looked at other people. You know, Paul said it this way. I like this in 2 Corinthians. says, for we dare not, 2 Corinthians 10, 12, we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves, uh, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. In other words, he's saying it's not a wise thing to look at everybody and compare yourself to each other. That ain't a wise thing. Look at what he says here, because I like, then I want to give you a testimony. He goes through this whole big lamenting. He says, there are no pangs in their death, but uh, their strength is firm. They are not in trouble as other men. I mean, he is in a bad place, man. He's saying, oh, look at me. I follow God, and I'm suffering, and they're not, and, and everybody else is getting blessed, and I'm not, and how come they're getting it, and I'm not, and I prayed, and, 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 and I'm, I didn't get it, but they got it. Seems like everybody else does better than me. Anybody? You, do you ever sound like that? You're lying if you, if you say, I don't know if this is all worth it. I don't, I don't, I don't. And David is, is lamenting and moaning and groaning. And then finally, uh, let's go to verse 16. He says, when I thought how to understand this, in other words, when he stopped his complaining and he got his footing back and he put his attention back on the Lord and on his faith walk and on the promises of God and stop looking at the prosperity of everybody else around him and the blessings of everybody else around, whether they be the proud or, or the godly or the ungodly. He, when he finally got himself stabilized and stopped looking around, he said, when I thought how to understand this, it was too painful for me until I went into the sanctuary of God. Then I understood their end. In other words, I had to go back to God. And in this case, he had to go to the sanctuary. In other words, he had to get hold of himself. Yes. See, sometimes when, when you see in others around you, I, get, uh, I got a very powerful testimony here that will bless you, but when you see others getting the things that you need and want and desire, you're praying for a new car and you're still driving a junk and three other people in your, in, your, in your circle of friends all got there a new car and you're still driving your junk car or whatever it be, you're still believing God. I'm telling tell you what, you can get pretty discouraged because you're looking and saying, God, what about me? So he says, until I went to the sanctuary of God, then I understood their end. Then notice verse 21. Now he comes to his senses. He says, thus my heart was grieved and I was vexed in my mind. I was so foolish and ignorant. I love this next verse. I was like a beast before you. <laughs> a beast. In other words, saying, Lord, I was, I'm all fleshed out. I, I've gotten so whacked out because I'm looking at everybody else and what they have and what I don't have and how it's working for them and isn't working for me. I got in the flesh like a beast. I'm like an animal. That's how ugly you can, you can be. See, sometimes you don't realize it. But you're, you're like a beast. You're looking ugly. And he says, nevertheless, I am continuing with you. You hold me by my right hand. You will guide me with your counsel. Now he's got his, he's got his head back straight. And he goes on to say in verse 20. Tune in again Monday afternoon at 2 for More Than Conquerors. If today's message was a blessing to you, ask for your free CD of the broadcast for a gift of any amount to help support this radio ministry. 
Just mail your request with your check to More Than Conquerors or MTC, P.O. Box 8187, White Plains, New York, 10602. Be sure to include the date of the message you're requesting. If ordering a complete Bible study series, a minimum love offering of $20 is appreciated. Identify the series and include the word series in your order. If you simply want to sow a gift into the work of the MTC Radio Ministry, go to livingwordchurch.org and click on the Give Online Radio Ministry tab. Or send your check to MTC, P.O. Box 8187, White Plains, New York, 10602. Pastor Ray invites you to visit Living Word Church in person or via their weekly live stream broadcast Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. But before we go, here's a final word from Pastor Ray. This is Pastor Ray Hegistilianos. It's always a privilege to share the life-saving, life-changing Word of God with you, our listeners. And today, as always, I trust that these messages are impacting your life in a very positive way. Remember that as life's challenges come, we are more than conquerors. This has been More Than Conquerors with Pastor Ray Hegistilianos and is provided by Living Word Christian Church, White Plains, New York.